welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw a spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, Sam Regal. Just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. Sam Regal. <laughs> and on this episode, we'll be discussing uh, war councils and the different positions of them, the ways in which they convene, all of their... How do all, you decide you go to war? All like, these things about war. Uh, on our previous episode, uh, as we were discussing uh, possess and sold down weapons, we uh, were discussing a potential story of how do you decide... of a general who was... Pacifist. A pacifist, but only through incompetence because he realized that he had been... Well, he didn't realize. He knew he had been lying the whole time about being able to attune with this magical weapon that could have ended the war. Yeah, and he was like, wait, if we go to war, we're fucked. So, but I'm not going to tell them I can't attune to this weapon. Yeah, so he just... He's lying about that, but then just advocating against war the whole time. And then we were talking about the idea of, well, let's think of some other alternatives that would be on a war council other than just the same old bloodthirsty general like sure. I, I hate that guy let's go to war and kill him right so, you know that's that that can be fun but it is obvious yeah i like coming up with structures and you know you're just in the same way that we like talking about factions in this world i also have this weird fascination with bureaucracy in fantasy worlds mm-hmm. i think that's just always a fun thing to get into before we even get to how is war, how do we decide if we're going to war? Let's assume we've already decided we're going to war. Okay. So you obviously have the general, the one who's kind of the commander in chief, the king, someone who is making this executive decision. The military leader. The military leader. Who else? Who else would be on that? I think you also would probably have some sort of spy master. Classic. Gotta have a spy master. Gotta have a spy master. I would assume. In a magical world, a mage of some sort. Some would say a scry master. Scry master. Okay, good. Yeah, dig into scry master. I just like take, if you blend the spy master and the mage and just oh. be like, he, all he does is just he just scries on everybody all the time. That's good. And has like an army, like they have like a whole room, like it's just the NSA, but it's just a bunch of crystal balls in a room, and they all and there's just a bunch of mages and they're just like touching the crystal balls all day, being like, just watching everybody. How much Enya is being played in the background there? Zero Enya. It's all metal. Oh, uh, that's yeah, I dig it. And and they're all but not steel drums. That was the idea of the scry master. Basically, yeah, no, scry master just... is very good. Scry master is very good. I think you would also probably have some faction. I don't want to say faction leader in terms of. No, I don't think you'd have. I I, I think you'd have probably you know like a domestically oriented person probably uh, like a domestic politics, domestic governance of like you've got the. You know, take a look at the small council from Game of Thrones. You got the master yeah. war, the master of ships, the master of coin, right? The, and then the hand of the king, and maybe somebody yeah. else. You would know. need a money. You would need a money person, exactly. And like, so it's like you need like the, the treasurer. Yeah, like you need the person who is minded about the economy because yeah. if the economy of your country collapses, then oops. So you probably have that guy. I think you'd probably also need uh, some sort of marketing manager, right? Like someone to make the war popular. You, you need the PR person. Yeah, yeah. The spin, the 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 spin master. Yeah, the guy who will spin it as the war on terror, uh-huh. rather than just an invasion of Iraq. Correct. Yeah, I. You need. Yeah, Wait, they are we invading a giant bird? <laughs> a rock. A rock. Yeah, get it. Uh, uh, it's a bad name for the monster because mm, it is because you're just like. Is a rock. Like, wait, 
you know, all right, I, it's a rock, whatever. And you're like, no, it's a it's a giant bird that will me kill from you. Running head towards it. Yeah, and then it it dropped you from two hundred feet, I think. And I never recovered. Anyway, where were we? Oh, spin master. Yeah, the spin master. So we 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 have the spy master, the scry master, the spin master, the. We, we got to give everybody else an, an S master name. Sky master. Sky master. For the air force. Supply master. Supply for the master. Economy. <laughs> for, yeah. Supply master. Or, or that could be your logistics. Cause I do, Logistics are a big part of, yeah. of war that we don't talk about a huge amount. Ship master, sky master, sword master, supply master, scry master, spy master, and, um, ab blaster. And then we're good to go. Ab blaster. <laughs> yeah, they're, all, they're, all just, they're all getting ripped, I guess. This will be our last episode, folks. Thank you for joining us on this ride. It will depend largely, largely on your world. Like yeah, the, but if you if you live in a world with a knightly order, you would probably have a representative of said knightly order on your war council. I think you could also. This could be a really cool place to bring in maybe the head of an assassin's guild or a thieves guild, like trying to work with someone with some third party, yeah. almost like a mercenary contract. Right. Yeah. Like, well, or... I think it's a fun idea in a lot of fiction where you have the traditional advisors mm-hmm. being pushed out by like a new random advisor that shouldn't, there's like a third party that shouldn't really be there. That is like gaining an influence. Like because an, they're thinking differently. Yeah. And because their, their interests are not, the states necessarily like their interests are their own so like right. a assassin's guild a thieves guild a mercenary company their interests are their own yeah if you're bringing in like why is halberton at this meeting well, i don't know they just they're experts in the region uh rather than consultants yeah they're consultants <laughs> um it, like having those people in the room is always a good conflict so then you can add in a, a, an extra layer but I want to take us out of this okay. this notion a little bit. Thank you and, for entertaining me. And, but, <laughs> uh, I want to go towards a less traditional war council. Okay. And thinking about what that could look like. And when we were thinking about this, and I just said, oh, for some reason they throw a bloody fish in the air, in a council, and whoever it lands in front of, it is like destined that their advice is the one we will follow. They decide if we go to war or not. Hmm. And it's like somehow this the symbolism of the bloody fish or like of a dead fish that... see i love it that it becomes symbolism because in my head it's immediately sort of one of those things where like if you see a sign in a grocery store it says do not like ice skate on the ice cream you know that's because someone tried to ice skate on the ice cream yeah. once yeah this is like there was a fight and someone threw a fish at somebody else yeah and that person ended up leading winning the war and so that's yeah, how it all started. Something, right? Yeah, something like that. That's great. I love that. But like, and where it's not a war council per se, it's just all of the the kings or whatever queens. Yeah. We're gonna go with queen. Uh, yeah. It's all the queen's advisors. Just every one of them, right? No matter what their job is, including like the master of war, like the person, like the military leader is in the room. Yeah. But if the fish doesn't land next to them, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. And I. I think it would work like, you know, you have like a steward or somebody, somebody who's like, just like, like, like low level, just goes to this other room, like, like, like a bouquet at a wedding and just yeah. throws a bloody fish over the, over their head backwards and yeah. just wherever it lands, it lands. Yeah. I dig this. I dig this. And something that's so silly, 
but they take it so fucking seriously well, from any outside perspective any ritual if you're not part of it yeah, is going true, to look true. the the number of times that i have had to explain to people like why i do not eat bread during passover and they're like so you eat why do you eat this weird cracker and you're like I get it seems weird to you, but it actually has a lot of significance, right? Like from the outside, yeah. anything is going to seem true. weird. True. Anything. Yeah. That's a good point. Important caveat in this in this. So, scenario. yeah, it is a fish, but. Who knows? That was, a, was that a fish noise? Was that a. Okay. There we go. Fish. Say it is like a warrior society and yeah. decide to go to war. They they go for a hunt. And I, I think I've seen this. I think this is not like a totally new idea. Yeah. Uh, but they go for a hunt. And if they can kill. um a particular type of animal they go to war what if they can't what if no one can do they go to war no they don't go to war because it's... but what if they're attacked do they just die okay if they're attacked war they defend like... yeah i'm saying it, an offensive war in this scenario Got it. so like if they're like uh they're raiders or something like they prefer to attack and they will only go on like a like go on a raid go go to war intentionally if they can successfully hunt this animal because it's like a good omen that they are successfully able to hunt it. I dig that because I forget where it was, but I was reading something recently that was talking about justification for war. It was something about world building. Um, just why, how do we justify a world? And someone brought up a very good point, which is in antiquity, war was how you proved greatness. It wasn't yeah. about defense. Defense or resources even or convict. It was just about like we're here. showing off. Yeah, we've arrived. We are we are important. Right. That was Alexander the Great. It wasn't like They didn't even keep any of it. No. He, they just conquered he it just, and, then was and then left. Yeah. And then that died at twenty nine. It was like some yeah. stupid like when, when someone turns thirty, just remember Alexander the Great died when he was twenty nine. Right. Yeah. So you've outlived him, but mm, uh, did you? I don't know, man. I've 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 entered a lot of data. <laughs> I've gotten written dysentery up, zero times. So a I don't lot know. of reports, man. Oh uh, yeah, suck it, Alexander. But no, but I th but right, like because that was how you proved your greatness. So yeah. tying that, the importance of an omen or some sort of yeah. signal of the divine or shit, even just waiting. If you had a fucking vision, yeah. that was that's all you would need. Yeah. Potentially. As you're saying that, I was thinking I, uh, in a different direction, but the omen thing, I was thinking about the way they elect a pope. And if and if, if well, you just bypass it. Well, we don't really know. How exactly. You bypass this entire thing and you have like this intense, the war council was meeting and they will not leave until they make a decision if we go to war or not. And it's like a big, it's a big to do and people are watching and they're waiting for the smoke to do something or like there's some symbol that they do when they make a decision. Yeah. And that's just like I'm putting that off to the side, but like that's a no, fun but again, little very cinematic, very cinematic, and like you, if you're interested in the idea of the question of going to war, but you don't, but yeah, and you want the the like the complexity because then you, you can focus on the politics from a society perspective. If you're like yeah. the war council is doing their thing, here's how the people on the outside are, are behaving around it. You said something in there that I liked, which is the the perceptions of the outside, and that's not right. Like there are movies like Wag the Dog, right, like that talk about the public's perception of war. Mm -hmm. this becomes much more important in a fantasy world where there is a much typically a much smaller population so you're much more likely to be conscripted yeah um 
So I'm envisioning there being, I, I like the idea of there being an entire team. I know we had talked before about like the spin master, but I kind of want to dig into that. Like, I like the idea of having a separate war council that is all about marketing and market research effectively. How will the people respond to this? Right. And you've got like, and just constantly putting together focus groups basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. All right. So particularly if you've got different, like imagine in the D and D, you know, like again, we're just going to use D and D as a base template, but you've got, tieflings and gnomes and halflings and all these different groups that might feel very differently no all all gnomes think alike is that what you're saying potentially yeah i like this idea and i want to take out the corporate speak and i want to make it um sorry it's almost like that's my job yeah i want to make it (laughs) about i'm going to take it and and like reflavor as you have like uh heralds and town criers yeah you have people like going around being the you know bards on the street yeah they are well connected. They know what people are thinking, and they are a crucial part of the war council. Mm. And not that, like, not that they're doing focus groups. That it's they're constantly taking the temperature subtly. Good mm. thing with innkeepers. It's every yeah. innkeeper in the town is brought in. Every like every every bartender is you hear you hear the thoughts. What, what do you have to say? Yeah. Or. Varus's little birds. Bar- I was just thinking Varus's little birds, but then I'd like the idea of a bartender's guild, and I just wanted to say bartender's guild. That's all. Yeah. Well, the bartender's one is interesting, and it's more formalized. I think that might be easier to do. Yeah. Um, but it also you could betray the trust of the people, and people mm-hmm. might not talk because if the people see the bartenders going into the into like the king's you know, the queen's chambers or something, and right. being like, why are they all going in there? Right, What's yeah. happening there? What's going on? Here? And then they might want they might not talk to them anymore. So right. maybe it's you, you take the various little little birds or little spiders or whatever, and you do that, which could work. Yeah. But if it's the town criers, then it's they're reading the room when they're delivering news. Mm-hmm. They're seeing how people, oh, and and they spin it while they're doing it. So the spin master, they're hides. reacting live in real time. Yeah, oh, almost like they're empaths. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you could do that. I was thinking like like how stage actors say that they prefer it because you get to watch the audience react yeah. in the moment. Right. And so you know whether or not you're doing a good job and, and you also know how to lean into it. Yeah. Um, you know, like a stand-up comedian doing crowd work or right, whatever. Right, right, right. Like, oh, let me just go that way. And these bards and these town carriers can just do that and they, they talk about the prospect of war and just really – like let 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 it sit for a second and just do like a quick glance around the room to be like how do they look what are, yeah. what, what what are people vibing I dig this I'm really into this that's a very cool idea and one that could add a lot of a lot of dimension yeah well I I, I want to take the empath idea and bring in the magic and what if because I I, I want to be very clear like I don't want this you could obviously because it's a world but like I don't want there to be just like mages walking around casting suggestion on everybody, right? Like no, no, you could do that. So, that's kind of boring. Like I'd rather there being like, oh, we're it, the, casting. There isn't a, the, there isn't a cheat code, basically. Yeah, like yeah. we can only hear thoughts. We can't control them. Yeah, or like we can just feel emotions. And... Yeah. Well, I that's why I, I want to take the empath idea and say that. So say every town grier um, has. Some sort of doodad, some sort of trinket. Let's say um, they have. They all wear the same type of hat. Hmm. It's like it's like the town crier hat, but the hat has like a gem in it that is a empath gem, hmm. and and it, it it absorbs emotions around it. 
so you, you can understand how the room is feeling. So it, it, it'll just like be very colored by like six emotions and you can either get like angry or you can get sad or you can get. So a mood ring. For, yeah, it's a mood ring. Yeah. Um, shut up. Uh, yeah, I was basically just making a mood ring, but I was trying to not to say mood ring. Um, a mood hat. They have a, they have a mood hat, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that phrase just broke. Me. <laughs> they have a mood hat that they mood hat. that they use. And maybe that's not as interesting, actually, as they just having to use good old fashioned people skills. I think it's yeah. more interesting if they have to read the room. I agree. And I think that's sort of it's one of the things that strikes me always about the and I know I talk about them a lot, but like the Sadakar and Dune is like there is nothing actually superhuman about them. They're just like freakishly good. Yeah. And I think that's always much more interesting sometimes yeah. than magic right like because yeah so like having them just be like no they like it's the same with like any professional poker player like they are just that fucking good at reading people yeah oh yeah if you're bored watch daniel negranu doing reads of people at tournaments and he'll like literally tell them what he'll say out loud what their cards are and they will have to just not react because he, he literally predicted it exactly and, and it's just like what the fuck right how did you just call like and then you're like you don't know you don't know how to bet because you're like wait he knows he knows how does he know like yeah. he knows and, and when he knows exactly and he's calling it you're like well then he believes that's what i have so he's gonna play me like i have that right and it fucking sucks right you're just being called out accurately well and it doesn't the the thing about that is that it doesn't it, and you could apply this in this context of saying it doesn't even necessarily matter if they're right or wrong right like because you could very easily dupe someone but you could very easily just the people might not know what they want and they're following right the lead. that's what that's what i'm saying is, oh. is is you could bait them accidentally and, right or even deliberately and say i'm not you know sort of the like i'm not getting enough energy out of you i i, I see that you you don't care about your country you don't care about your hometown you're you're riling them up you're you're trying yeah, to because some people are just not emotional right and, and, and they're not emotive right and you also might have a silent majority issue it's very possible all right so noodles in a lot of fantasy worlds, it is very well known that the gods are real. Yeah. So I want to dig into the role that any priests or clerics would play. Because suddenly, it's always like always having a moral religious justification for war is important. Particularly, again, for the town criers, you know, to be able to say, oh, we're doing this with the blessings of the Shining Mother and whatnot, yeah. right? Saloon. Right, yeah. You would probably know, though, if the clerics of the Shining Mother would be like, ah, uh, nah, dude, this isn't, this isn't good that she, eh, no. Yeah. Right? So how... How does this work, right? Like, they're, like, how do you balance the human need potential for war versus a deity's? I think it depends on the, the, the strength of that religion in the society and the strength of that religion's pull on the leader. So assuming we're in a monarchy at the moment, if the queen is a strong believer in the Shining Mother mm -hmm. and a devout of this religion... If the clerics of the Shining Mother say, we cannot go to war, she will disprove of that, disapprove of that. I bet that would be the course then. And the it, war would just stop. Yeah. And, you know, or wouldn't happen. And 
then you get the you, like you get the tension between the advisors of like, well, you should listen to the stupid religion people, but right. we need to if, protect ourselves. Yeah, I and I think then you know if the shiny mother says go to war, that it's definitely maybe it's not even maybe there is a world then in that case where, which again we've seen throughout history, there the leader is a convert. And suddenly there is an outsized influence by the religion on yeah. the leader. Mm-hmm. And so I could see you were talking before about like an outside person coming in and having yeah. outsized influence. Religion is usually a good spot for that. It's a good spot for that. Um, but it is. But the, again, it, it's it is changed by the fact that the deities are real. Yeah. Now. Are you good? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just moved like you were about to. Okay. I'm thinking when you're talking about this, when you said the convert thing. I was thinking of Foundation. And yeah. in the show, there's a great episode or arc where the emperor goes and feigns that he is worthy of this religion hmm. to get them on his side and so that he does not increase the power of the religion hmm. because he needs them to support him so that they do not become an outsized influence to oust him. Oh, so that he doesn't have to support them. Basically, yeah. He's like, Interesting. If I if, if I make them support me, they will and, and believe in my rule. They will shut the fuck up, right? And not be a, a thorn in my side. So you can all like I'm trying to think of how you could play that in here. Where so say the mother, the shining mother temple or whatever. Yeah, the sisters of the shining mother. So the sisters of the shining mother are trying to go to war. They want war, mm-hmm. but the queen doesn't. She's like, that's a bad idea. She's a political person. She's right. like, that's shrewd. That's like the least shrewd decision I could possibly make. I will undermine my position domestically. I have to uh, go against them. To to go with them. Right. Okay. She Got wants well, to. She you. wants to change you. their mind. Yeah. She goes in to the temple and she wants to speak to the shining mother herself, much like the quest in Skyrim when, where you, there's the Dark Brotherhood and, and oh, with and, the Night Mother and, 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 and the, the speaker. speaker and and, and nobody only the speaker can hear from the night mother but there isn't a speaker at the moment oh, so I nobody can actually talk yeah. to her the queen goes in and is like the sisters the shining mother i have i will be speak like i will speak to the shining mother i will hear from her and pretends that you know feigns that she she's a shrewd diplomat she's sure. incredibly talented at, right. at faking it she pretends that she's her wisdom and that and there was a misinterpretation by the sisters that they were that the war was was in the cards, and she spins mm. it and says it's actually something else that must be destroyed. And it's like we need to destroy this forest and build a whole new development or something very simple yeah. of like we're gonna I'm gonna the Brotherhood like, of the Bright Father. <laughs> I'm gonna, like taking a, a quote from uh, Brendan Lee Mulgan about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, he, that's your idea. Okay, I'm gonna like, like Tai Chi. Take your, yeah. your your energy and push it to a better idea. Like, oh, you want you want to play a character that does this crazy thing? Okay, I see what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Let's just massage it. Like, this is what what will probably work better for everybody. Right. And, they, and she just goes in and says, oh, you want to go to war? Okay, let's Tai Chi. And say, you want to see some converts. Is that what you want? You want more power for the right. shiny mother? I, what, what's the underlying cause for war? Yeah, she actually would, wants a, a bigger temple. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to build a bigger temple on this mountain, but on mm-hmm. the backside of the mountain, 
away from the city so we don't have to look at you anymore, mm -hmm. but also so that you, there's more room. Mm -hmm. And like she just spins it in some way to change their mind. Do I want to put basil on it? Some part, some, I want to put some pecorino on that bowl. The queen isn't negotiating with the sisters. She's lying. No, not even that. Oh. She she has to convince the Shining Mother herself. Oh, fuck. That's good. That's intense. She's got to convince a god. She has to convince a god. <laughs> oh, good luck. So how the hell do you... But like, I mean, but again, like... And this happens... She negotiates. Like, I mean, I found... Like, I my character met Bahamut. That's true. Right? It, it didn't go well. I never said it went well, but I'm saying you can meet... Like, mortals can talk to gods. So, right? Like, yeah. So how does... How do you... How do you convince a living deity to join your war council effectively yeah how do you negotiate with a god well then you just offer them you say okay how about i make you the official religion of of my country you could do that and i and the prestige and the number of converts that can create versus the the difficulty and the resistance of converting people that we conquer we don't have to conquer our own people they're my people they love me they will love me more if we don't go to war and they'll love me still if I declare that you are the official god of this of this queendom. You could do that because that's what gods oftentimes want in in typically the, in typically, these worlds typically, typically in these worlds where they are real and that like the number of followers they have is correlated to their power. Often right, it's like right. there are people who They're worship fueled the, by prayer. Yeah, so it's like you need more converts to bow to to make sure you're a more powerful god. So negotiating with them makes sense. I think you could do that. I think you could also. I'm weirdly going to fairy tales where you could like offer up your maybe it's a firstborn or a or yourself as like I will become your new herald and champion. Yeah. Right. And you will have a vassal in me. Yeah. Um, it's a, a negotiation with the God of any just offer up anything like yeah. convince you to be on my side so that you can tame the, the religion and the religion will side with me. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit more interesting almost if you have to convince what going back to the idea that you had about what if we had to convince the deity not to go to war? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I was going. I thought you were going with not going to war. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I'm not thinking about the, yeah, it's actually now that we've done it, it's really easy to get it <laughs> to join your war council. Yeah. I, I want to take it away from the religion side for a second. Cause I okay. think, I think it, they're just too complicated for me right now. I want to go back to, the individuals now let's bring it let's bring it to the elite let's mm -hmm. go back to that because it is still the standard usually yep. is, is having like the elites in that council and and often as a war council is you know 10 people or whatever it's the advisors mm -hmm. what if you for war specifically you go quasi republic and you and you bring like most of the elites of society and not not just the advisors but you bring most of them like into a room together and all of the advisors present on here is what what we think about the war like openly just being like we we're not sure here's what's to be gained by it here's what will probably it will cost us hmm. and get the opinions of the elites of that society in a very senatorial capacity as a senate being an advisory body that's very interesting because i i think oftentimes it's bypassed as 
an actual tool of governance in fantasy. And because usually yeah. it, in in actual history, it was also bypassed and not a true measure of governance. Right. When there was a, a singular uh, authoritarian figure, they yeah. had a quote unquote Senate. Right. But what if the Senate... Well, they had a mechanism for overriding it though. Yeah. But what if for war only... Wasn't that Caesar? You know more uh, about them than I do. Well, well, I mean, they just completely ignored the Senate in that yeah. situation. Okay. I'm saying in this situation, they are. It's not that the Senate is asking for their input. It's that the Queen is saying, "We want your input because we bring it back to that they care about the PR. They're unsure, yeah. like, and, and and maybe you you combo it with they have these the the heralds out there the, these bards getting the public opinion mm-hmm. but they want to get the opinion of the people who hold a lot of the string the, you know the strings of the society and say what do you think and how 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 can we benefit you get more buy-in essentially get stakeholder engagement and buy-in and say how do you guys like how would you feel about this war yeah. and it, get that genuine advice and take it as genuine advice there was something i remember reading i was in like fifth or sixth grade it was like people actually went to watch the first battle. Oh, that that was uh, in the Revolutionary War. Was that the Revolutionary yeah, it was War? Like Lexington Concord or whatever. Where they, I think they thought it was going to be like a really quick war. They thought it was going to be quick and easy, and they had like a fucking picnic. Yeah, on the on the was on that the, this Revolutionary War? Yeah, or I, think Civil was, war? I think it was Revolutionary. It was Revolutionary. Civil okay. War was like things were too tense. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, no, I was getting confused, but like I remember that being, and people were like, "Oh, well, what if what if everyone can, right like." Yeah, everyone's involved, and they're still fighting with, like, musket lines and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, suddenly they're like, oh, these people are fucking dying. Like, Ooh, that's not fun. No, this is kind of ruining my tea. How does that relate? What we're talking about here is suddenly the non-geopolitical reasons for war. Because if that were the case, then suddenly you, I could see a very clear case for people driving for war without necessarily a... I mean, we're not talking about geopolitics here, though. No, we're not. We're just talking about war councils, war councils, and uh, the, the reason doesn't matter. Military industrial complex. Yeah. yeah, the reason doesn't matter whatsoever. So, like, they can have whatever they want. What and if it, you? What if war was decided? In, similarly, what you've got me thinking of. What if? Uh, what if it was decided by true democracy? That'd be fair. It probably never happened. Probably never happened. But like true, dem- but like I mean, you could like if that's you, interesting because if you had like a psychic or something, right? Like who could you could actually tally the vote. Yeah, okay. I like this in the... Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. I'm going to run. It's a true democracy. Yeah. And, and let's say it's a social group. It's a cultural group. Mm-hmm. So it's like they are rather homogenized. It's like we mm-hmm. are the uh, Subians. Yeah. We live in this in, in these hills. We've lived here forever. We, we are... We truly believe in democracy and mm-hmm. whatever they're calling it in this situation. They only they will only go to war if everybody or if they get a majority of people to agree to go to war. They have never been to war. Yeah. They have been conquered every time there's a war coming through. They they lay they, they lay down and say, "We're good. Come on in." And they're constantly surrendering. They just and they have that that philosophy of, well, the next conquest will come at some point. Like they just choose like it is not worth half of us dying for this. Yeah. You get to the point where they decide to go to war. And and that's like a like, like a weird yeah. tension is like a jumping off with the Subians might go to war for the first time in like two thousand years. This group has constantly voted against going right. to war because it's not worth it. And right. now this guy has made it worth it. Yeah. And what and does that say about them? Fucking slaughter. 
I mean, I think in reality they get slaughtered. Probably. But but I, I think it's more fun from a storytelling perspective. If okay. They're like this okay. Seek, this like. Let's make it happen. We're gonna say that it's because they have been like the reason they've been so zen about it all is because they also have like a god that has like blessed them and like is on their side. Like they have their own like little religion mm. and that god is you know god is real and that mm-hmm. one he's like these are my devout followers and they have proven themselves time and time again because i am a god who believes in in uh in peace physical prowess no oh not no in I, peace in peace i believe it, I in see. peace i believe oh, that that you should avoid war at all costs he's still a god mm-hmm. and because he has such a, a close relationship with the Subians, because they've proven themselves so effective at maintaining peace and never giving in to war and the one time that, that they did it they got his approval right. they, they, they said can we go to war and we, a blessing we like we need to stop this and, and he said yes for peace you must do this and then guess what he does he goes in and just wrecks yeah and just like a god just fucking smites these people yeah. as the subians like go through the battlefield it's just like a wave of divine energy in front of them just like yeah. sauron blast waves yeah battering rams yeah yeah i think that's great yeah, I I love that. I and yeah, and and the Subians take it all the way to the capital of whatever this conquest is, destroy, like like unseat him, mm-hmm. and then go home and then leave. Yeah, just go straight back. Yeah, and then because they stopped it. Yeah, they stopped it, and and now everybody knows. Okay, maybe we don't even bother with the Subians right, anymore. We just leave them the fuck alone. And they just continue to live this peaceful, like, Hobbit-esque life. It's basically if the Hobbits had had actually been secretly the most badass protect- right. protectors in the world. But so that's an interesting question, though. And this is a little bit more about, like, the philosophy of war rather than explicit world building. What is war, man? But if you are, if you are a passive, right, like... You know, you, you believe in peace over anything else. Like, at what point do you go to war to prevent peace, right? Like, so do then the Subians become watch guardians, right? Like, it's not just that you leave them alone. It's that you have to live within a... Like, they are not... If they see too much strife and war going on, will they get involved? No. Even if it's to end a greater conflict. I don't think so. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, because I, I mean. think I think they're going to have the logic that any violence that you add in to that, like your example, is more powerful, and that if people look to you and see, well, the Subians are really living a good life, maybe we should do that. Versus, if you add to the noise, you just add yeah. to the noise. They only fight back when all of the peace is threatened because they're the only beacon of peace in yeah. in, in most times. Yeah. So I, I think I think not because I think it's also because then you just yeah you just create like post nine eleven America yeah. of just we are the world's police yeah uh, and we will go in and we'll fuck you up I'm not sad but I but I think sorry post Cold War America but I Most think nineties we did that yeah but I think I could see that where like you might end up becoming that right like I think that's the there's a very natural there would be a very natural progression to that I I I think it's more interesting if they don't yeah and so then don't um. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. I also like, I like that they leave right afterwards. Yeah. Much like Cincinnatus. I just like, uh-huh. going back to my farm now. Like, Bye. I'm, like, I'm done. Yeah. I did my job. Like, I'm literally, like, I have no interest. I like, I like the idea that, like, there's, so it's like a mass of Subians who are, who are just like in regular, like, farmer, like, 
just like everyday clothes. Yeah. They just have like some crude weapons mm-hmm. and they all just like normal people. They've just gone, done this thing, walk in there, just decapitate the, this evil emperor. Everybody just kind of like bows out of the way and then they just start walking out and just they like see like a feast and they're like, can we can we have some of Do this? mind? Yeah. And then they just yeah. go in and like grab some food and they all just kind of walk out. Like, way out. Thank e- you. E- eating this food and just thanks and just like holding their hand up with like a, a sandwich this is delicious yeah and just very homey and just like going yeah. home now yeah like, see ya thanks yeah. guys that's uh, great be free be yeah. happy be peaceful i got nothing i got no notes on that no that that, I, that was a delicious bowl of pasta man well okay. done cool well done um small bowl of noodles more like uh say like a stouffer's mac and cheese yeah or just like single a, serving just an appetizer yeah yeah fried uh some fried ravioli okay yeah a very easy thing to do, a way to add some depth to the War Council would be to, I, I just saw Oppenheimer. Um, I think it's, you know, probably Christopher Nolan's best work. Bringing in some sort of magical advisor, some sort of magical researcher to build you a weapon to end all wars, whatever it may be. It could be a forge that builds you a magic sword, to, similar to what we were talking about in the previous episode. Um, it could be the gigantic super deluxe fireball spell that someone's writing for you. Um, but having that sort of relationship between war and magic, because magic is often a corollary or or an allegory for science in these worlds. Yeah. Um, I think would be very interesting to get into someone who's in an Oppenheimer role, right? Like the lead designer, the one who's leading the charge, there's a Los Alamos angle where it's like, here's the, the research facility where all these mages are developing the science and doing all this stuff okay noodles okay let's bring back the scry master and let's take this idea of the mage who is the mad scientist or no the one doing this the scry master is using their scrying capabilities you know let's bring bring back the imagery of Mm -hmm. the the room of all the crystal balls Mm there they are aware of what everyone on the council thinks they that's cool. They've whipped the votes internally in their head, but they they have an agreement, an agreement. All the all the advisors believe that the the bracelet they wear protects them from scrying. It does not. Does but, it make it easier to scry? No. It's just it's just it's a placebo. Oh, or it's it just does, a bracelet. Or it does something else. Sure. It, it, it might do something like some sort of divination type thing, but yeah. it doesn't actually it doesn't actually block them. Or it has a specific like out for the scribe master's personal crystal ball nice okay that's that's because better. they go into the room with all the crystal balls that they tried like and they're like oh mage can you try to scry on me so i can see and yeah and they can't yeah it's because the scry master has their own crystal ball in they, the back room they've only set it up so that these ones in this room can't spy on them yeah anybody who's not a part of this uh, of this queendom could absolutely spy on them yeah. Uh, and the scribe master himself can spy on them. Right. The scribe master has whipped the boat. They know who everybody's, what everybody thinks. Yeah. And they use that to their advantage. And that could be that they ha- they are advocating for one specific specific position. Yep. So they say so, th- and they know they don't need to do anything because everybody's, you know, everybody's in agreement. They're going one way. Mm-hmm. It could be that they know for a fact that the general doesn't want this to happen, and. He, he's desperate, so he's going to then say, "General, I know, I know what people are thinking. I know what the I know where the room's at right now because the scribe master is just well, you know, just an observing guy. He's like, I think it's leaning against you. 
I think I can convince this guy with this. Right. And like just start ex- like basically extorting all the people on the small council. Yeah. Or you go another way and make it darker. Yeah. The scry master mind controls the council yeah. during every single vote. Yeah. Even if just for a brief second at the moment of the no. vote. Or modifies all of their memories after the fact. Mm. So nobody knows what the debate was. There's, there's confusion. So every debate, he makes the debate always seem like they were all in agreement. Yeah. And they don't mm-hmm. have that. They have a huge knockdown, drag out fight. And including the queen. The queen mm-hmm. is also having her, her memory modified in these scenarios. Everybody is getting the wrong information. Psychics are terrifying, man. They are. It's really scary This stuff. is why like non-detection and protection from scrying is good. Mm-hmm. But just bringing in that, like, you have the one guy who absolutely knows what's happening and what they want is up to you. It could be that they, they learn that information so they can give it to the queen. So, yeah. the, the, so the queen's prepared. It depends if they're loyal or not. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. Okay, so let's say they are loyal. Right. Because Varys was loyal. I mean, and I'm, I'm using Varys as yeah, yeah, this little birds as an allegory. Varys was loyal. Varys is very, very similar to this. Yeah. But let's say the queen, and he is loyal to the queen. He te- like the queen's fully aware that he knows that he scries on all of them. It's with her permission. Like she's right. she maybe it was her idea. Idea, yeah. And she just wants him to let her know where the room is leaning. So if the room is leaning in, like much like what happens in like the U.S. Congress, right? If you've whipped the vote and you don't have the votes, you don't bring it to the floor because yeah. you don't want the shame of That's it right. failing. That's right. So she will never bring up an issue. If she knows she can't win because right. she needs her entire council to think she's in control and she's like the best queen in the fucking world and that they are all super smart and being listened to. She doesn't want she, she never wants to say no to her advisors. So she makes sure that whatever she whips the vote and she tries to get it as close to consensus as possible so that they all think that they're getting their way. It's n- completely. Yes. Um, I'm going to put some um, I'm going to put a little bit of basil on top of that and say that's also a very cool way to make the queen seem omniscient. Yeah. Because if the scry master knows everything that they're doing and is telling the queen, then she knows. Right. And can make it appear as if she knows without the scry master's help. Right. Like it's like a fake omniscience. Yeah. And let's say the scry master also has somehow, okay, this is a, a, like, a, a, this might not be all that interesting, but if the scry master got a, one of those fake ass bracelets onto the hand of the, of the enemy king. Hmm. And so the enemy king thinks he's in, he's immune to scrying as well. Yeah. And it's that he's immune to scrying except for from the scry master's right. crystal ball. So right. the scry master has been spying on him as well. So that omniscience that she's coming off as she, mm-hmm. having, mm-hmm. she also can have it for the enemies. So that and everybody thinks, so then she kind of ascends to godhood because she's Knowledge using is power, bro. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And keeping the scry master um, in line is important. I think it probably works better in this. It, it might work well if the scry master ends up like being like a lover or something. And like It could be that. It could also be that maybe the queen has some divine blessing that actually makes her physically. Yeah, it's less fun though. It's less fun, but it would work. Yeah. It, you know, if, if it makes her. Physically, like, oh, I will laser you, like. Yeah, but then 
you're just like Homelander or some shit. Yeah. Just like, I'll just, I'll fucking murder you if you get in my way. Yeah. But if it's, yeah, she's just manipulating sometimes. everybody, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Manipulation's, no, manipulation's cool. No, manip- it's why Palpatine's such a fascinating villain, right? Because he did. Here's the Star Wars again. You shut your, d- I have the high ground. Um, uh, not true. We are at the same fucking height. I'm taller. Palpatine. Palpatine. Um, yeah, because he did so much of it just through manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Clever manipulation. Yeah. Manipulation. That's why people loved, uh, not Homeland. Homeland. Not Homeland. Uh, what was the show set in DC? House of Cards? Thank you. Yeah. 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 Devious, conniving, manipulating. It was very good in the first season. Yeah. And then it got weird. And then it got bad. Yeah. And then obviously Kevin Spacey he turned out to a be monster. a monster. So yeah. and it got worse. Yeah. But yeah, first season was great. That's it's a tragedy because I really like that first season. I, I like really, a, and I can't really feel I like, like I can't watch first, anymore. I like a lot of first season. I mean, there's a lot. I can't watch any Louis C.K. stuff anymore. It's really hard. But the, the manipulation part is interesting. It's very much out there. And I think all like most of what we've talked about, our ideas have been around how do you manipulate just to make because if you're in a position of power, you don't want to make a decision that is going to piss off too many. Well, you want to make the right decision for yeah. your position, right. and your position is predicated on the support of either the elites or the populace, right. or both, or both, or divinity. Somebody, people need to want you to be there, and right. you making the right decision is pretty fucking important. So, like, if it's we chalk it up to chance of we go on a hunt. If we don't succeed, then we didn't succeed. We, we, we don't go to war. It's right. no one's fault. That's right. like a, it's about omens. But if right. it's about you making a decision with a with a war council, whatever that looks like, making the decision that's good makes sense. So manipulating is kind of the best option because you want to make sure that you are making a decision that will be popular. It's the whole the, and that it does not matter if your world is a fictionalized version of the United States. If it is fantasy land, if it is Coruscant, it will be the same, like it will be the same cake, different frosting. Yeah. And the frosting can make it so much better or so much worse, but it's, but I love that shit. Yeah. I mean, because like you can also go like the other direction of like looking at Putin who is getting Mm -hmm. bad counsel Mm -hmm. because going to war was a bad idea. Right. And And now they're just left digging their way out of a bad situation. Yeah. And it's. The, like you've angered the whole world and a lot of the Russian population, not everybody. So a lot mm-hmm. of people still support it, but a lot of people are fucked. And it's, but that's like, does anybody really want to write a story from the perspective of the people who are doing the, the bad decision? Probably not. Unless you make that, that's like the war council of the other, of the other people. But right. then it's just, you, you, you just look at the dictator trap and you call it a day, but the dictator trap can be interesting of you've got just bad you have bad help around you making bad decisions. And I like that because we've seen, you're about to say no one wants to see someone make a bad decision. And I actually disagree because yeah, if they're bad, if they're bad, but, but it depends on how they're bad and how you're telling that story because Joffrey was making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And, and they were was, all his decisions. They were all not his, the exactly, but he was fucking fascinating to watch oh, God, so and just good. like magnetic on screen, right? Like, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, mm. You could very much actually want to see someone make a bad decision. Yeah. But I do want to see, like, I like this idea of having, you are surrounded by incompetent people. Okay, so you have noodles. Like, let's talking about the, let's go back to, like, the, the gods are real, right? Your head of the, you know, the 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 high sister of the Shining Mother yeah. is not connected to the deity at all. Like, 
yeah is some is just she, she, she just poetically maneuvered herself into that position because it right, was good right and and just is really bad at it and is giving you advice based as if she was hearing directly or like speaking to the shining but, mother but she's just kind of guessing mm-hmm. and she's like reading the room of all the other sisters being like well i think they want to go to war so i think it's uh, war yeah war war, war. right for, for sure war and right. but it's like she has no idea none yeah you just make incompetence a part of this council and you have a different cocktail because mm-hmm. i think we've been assuming a level of competence right and no, we have I, because that's also cool, right? Like everyone's a field cool, we, like we want master of smart people, yeah, and shit, right? Like yeah, like incompetent people are, and like I mean, we talked we talked about like the general who was incompetent and was trying not to go to war because he knew we, he'd be fucked, which right. is like he's he's incompetent in one way, but competent in another way. Like massive incompetence is kind of it's kind of hard to have that if you're at that level, right? Unless it's like hereditary or something, uh, and that's why you often have like the competent council and the incompetent ruler ruler because the ruler is hard to replace right and they're usually it's usually hereditary the the, the advisors are not and you have people who like cling on forever they're they're like they're interesting but they're also not like because it's just it's usually just like an old man with a survival complex yeah and it's never like somebody who is or you like look at like the tom haverford where he's like uh, on parks and rec where he's like i just agree with everybody i say everyone has good ideas and so i'm always on the right side right and if you do that, like that could be kind of funny. It really could. But oh, bring back the scry master. Right. The scry master isn't a scry master, but they do like they're just, just faking. No, just take, take put another the head of the of the wizard or the mage's guild or whatever mm-hmm. is not particularly wise, but he's but he's a member of the council, and after right. every council meeting. He modifies everyone's memory, everyone's memory to think he was on the right side, mm. that he was on the winning part of that discussion. He never is. Such he's a really, PhD move. Yeah, like he's he's <laughs> kind of an idiot, and and he, and he does not have good good advice. But he he wants this position still, and he wants mm. to retain it. So he continues to modify people's memory to think that what he said was the smartest thing in the room, and he does that with everybody, with everything. So nobody remembers their actual interaction with with, with him, except for like the, the few people he's forgotten to m- modify their memory after the conversation. Yeah. So he, he just run around just doing that on repeat with everybody. See, I've got some noodles on that. Even here, though, it's interesting because we're assuming a level of of competence. We're we're assuming a lot of and not irrationally self interest and like maliciousness mm-hmm. in all of this. You're talking about Tom Haverford, though. Some noodles on this is like you have a council that is all trying their best. They're not evil. They're not trying to manipulate. They are genuinely trying to do well by this. Uh They are genuinely like maybe uh, assuming, you know, like take the idea of the suit. Like this is this is their first war. Uh They have never done this before. So you have the swordmaster out there trying to teach people how to fight, and he has no idea how to fight. Like, I want to divorce it a little bit from the maliciousness of it, yeah. because I think that just, sort of comedy just of base, errors... basic incompetence is bringing that back to the general from the last episode yeah. of the, the person who's incompetent and knows that, yeah. and knows, I can't do this job. I can't win. Yeah, so don't don't ask me for help. And if you have a society where nobody really is capable of advising on this war, and what does that turn into? And like you, you, you have like maybe like a crisis yeah. of the queen is is seeking counsel, but yeah. none of her counselors are willing to give it on this issue. They have all 
backed off. They're all abdicating. They're that's, all, yeah, and, that's and, interesting. And, and they're all that's abstaining cool. from a vote. They're abstaining, just like, thank you, not yeah. abdicating. Or they abdicate and they give up their positions. Yeah, that's and they're like, I, I can't be a part of a war. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. This, I, this isn't for me. And then you just have a huge hollowing out of her advice. And then she's left like alone with maybe yeah. like w- one guy. No, nobody. She's just left alone. And it's the lonely queen. Who, oh, the lonely queen. Who, that's a great title. Who wants advice. Yeah. But like all of her advisors weren't up to the task and it's not like she fired them they all quit they because lost. they were scared and and it could be that like you have a bit of a culture of failure is like like a thing people aren't looking for i don't know you you can you can kind of explain that why they would all quit but just the idea of her being alone in that position and everybody being afraid of taking blame and responsibility yep. so then it's just all falls on her shoulders and she spirals hmm. because how do you process that? You're like, yeah, I know I'm the one in charge. I, it's it's on me, but I need the wisdom and like right. the, I need the camaraderie. Physically, I need help. Yeah, well, and I like, I, I cannot I, tell seven million people what to do. True. Also that, but then you're like, I need also like the the emotional support that having my counsel provided. That like I had other people who I felt were involved, and now yeah. they're not, and it's just me and Scrymaster or whoever. Yeah, um, and it's sort of. It's sort of making me think of, you know, like every episode of Law and Order where they're like, we have no case here. We're going to strike a plea deal. Right. And it's like, so in this situation, suddenly I'm imagining in this world, it is like the, the sword master leaves, the sky master leaves, like all the people, all the warriors leave. Yeah. And who is left? But the bard. Who is going to help? No, in, yeah, yeah. in all seriousness. Yeah. Who it's, is going it's to. It's the head of the Heralds. Who is going to negotiate. Yeah. And you'll make up all the shit about everything. It, or even not. Or even just be like, again, that good at reading. Yeah. And figures out that, oh, the other side is bluffing. Or something, right? Like, yeah. or can convince them of something, right? Like, and suddenly it's back. We're back to that negotiate, right? Like, okay. the power of diplomacy. Yeah. And I think this was a very cool story. And that's the end of that episode, probably. Yeah, I think so. All right. So what stuck for you? The Bard. No, the, the final note? Yeah. All right. No, no, I just, I, I like, I, I, that's a natural, it's a natural end because so much of fantasy is so often about knights and dragons and magic powers and blah, 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 right? That we forget the importance of diplomacy. I mean, shit, man, it's the same reason why you have banned the eloquence Bard from your table because yeah. what's there, it's you, just not fun. But in, from a gaming perspective, sure. But from a story perspective, it's fast. It's a very it's different also story. Not fun because it's just oh, you convince everybody of everything all the time. Like, uh, sure, but uh, but my point stands that yeah, diplomacy yeah. in a fantasy right, oh, like would like, be a I mean, very I'm, fascinating story. I'm playing Baldur's Gate three right now. You better believe every single interaction. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking convince myself out of this. I'm playing a bard. I'm persuading everything. Yeah. I'm like, please, can I avoid this combat? Because I just want to see what what I want to see what the diplomatic voice lines are i want to see what what they've scripted for diplomatic solutions because it's so much more interesting than just yeah we're gonna fight and i'll get your loot okay cool so what stuck for me was was the bar okay yeah what stuck for you um i think maybe it's the it's the other bard it's the bards it's the the heralds the town criers Mm. it's the people the mood hats not the mood hats (laughs) the mood hats i like the mood hats i the mood hats wasn't the mood hats was a mood um but (laughs) 
I think it was, yeah, like the, the reading of the room and bringing that, that information back. I think I just enjoyed the information gathering ideas because I, I like the Scry Master a lot. Yeah. And, and I like the Scry Master whipping the vote. Mm-hmm. I think that it's giving all the information to the queen for, to get all the, to actually understand what people are really thinking, yeah. I think is really fun because that's also just like a missing piece of the real world is, um, you know. So. people's real thoughts versus what they're telling you yeah 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 so that's what stuck for us let us know what stuck for you and we'll see you next month with a new season and a new survey episode and we'll start this whole process over again and thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening bye